his social life. It's the Darren Show. The Darren Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Darren Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Darren Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of The Terran Show. I have a very special guest for you today. Uh, you know, first I had Rob Sesternino, then Brent Walgamont. I've brought in uh, the third wonderful guest. It's Ian Terry, winner of Big Brother 14. How are you doing, Ian? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Yes, I'm very excited to get you on. Uh, I was hoping to talk to somebody who was both knowledgeable about Big Brother, knowledgeable about RHAP. Uh, you seemed like the perfect combination of those things. So I'm very, very happy to be talking to you. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, oh, thanks for, uh, you were very responsive. Very, yeah, uh, yeah. yes. I, I like the idea because it's always around this time of year, right? I get, um, a lot of like requests for interviews, like please be on my, you know, reality discussion show. Like there must be like 10 of them at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, after the first like two or three, I'm just like, why am I still talking about this? It was five years ago. But the idea <laughs> of just like a conversation, you know, that that seemed pretty good. So uh, this seems different and interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I hope uh, I hope it meets your expectations. Sure. Uh, we uh, I talked to Brent last week and mm -hmm. he had a very interesting story. The people were really receptive. I. I do not envy you your position. You have to follow up, Brent. Uh, he, <laughs> talked about, he talked about his involvement in the staircase murders and uh, his life as a male escort. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, might have, I might have to go back and listen to that one. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, the feedback has been amazing. I've been super appreciative of, uh, of everyone. And I mean, the, the, it's just been great. Lots of people were really really enjoying it they were saying stuff like oh this is the best podcast i've listened to uh in a long time and so thank you so much for everyone that's that's been checking us out and uh we actually uh we did really well on itunes we got to number 18 in tv and film uh and in canada we got to number three in tv and film so canadians love us there you go yes. uh, <laughs> all right so let's get into uh this conversation with ian the first thing i wanted to ask about was like okay so you went on to Big Brother as a super fan, as somebody that, you know, knew Big Brother, knew the ins and outs. You were really one of the first to really fit that archetype. You know, we had sort of like a Ronnie before you. Right. But, um, you were like the first very prominent one, I think. Um, and I know that when I watched you, I related to you because I was I was also a super fan of Big Brother, obviously. And I had watched all of my life. So I wanted to, to just first, like, how did you get into Big Brother? Like, um, have you always been watching? Yeah, I've been watching pretty much uh, since the beginning. Um, what I would say is that when I was growing up, I was someone who really liked just game shows in general. Not necessarily reality game shows, but just shows that are games. And very early in Survivor's run, I believe the first episode of Survivor I ever watched, just because it happened to like be on the TV in the room I was in, was the... Um, uh, her name was Colleen on Survivor Borneo, her boot mm -hmm. episode. That was the first episode of Survivor I watched. And after watching that, I was hooked in. So Survivor was kind of how I got into this in uh, the first place. Um, they ended up re-airing the entire first season of Survivor. So I got to see like how the early game played out, having only seen like the last handful of episodes of that season. But I got really into it. Big Brother was kind of like 
you know, at that point it was like that one story house where it was like furnished with Ikea's <laughs> finest. And, yeah. you know, the whole thing was like, oh, voyeurism and, you know, America is voting. Big Brother was kind of like that weird show that was just on after Survivor. I didn't really care about it to someone that was like 10 years old, like just the idea of people sitting in a house and talking because there was no real game going on was extremely boring for me, right? Like there wasn't mm. any sort of draw to that. Like I remember saying to, I think it was either my mom or dad, I'm like, why don't they just have like a show that's like Survivor, but in a house, like the same game, but in a house. And then they're like, well, that's what Big Brother is. And I'm like, well, no, it's not really. It's really different, right? Right. So anyway, I saw like the next summer, uh, when I was younger, my parents would send my brother and I to my grandparents' house for like a month, I guess, just to get us out of their hair. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember seeing an advertisement on TV, sorry, for Big Brother 2. And I noticed that like the contestants seemed a lot more interesting. You know, I think the first advertisement I saw for it was... Uh, where there's Bunky and he says like, well, yeah, I think like all the house guests are getting along with me, but wait till they find out that I'm gay. And I was like, this is like sort of different. Like last year, it like already seems more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I remember my grandmother saying like, seeing the ad, she's like, and that's one show you will definitely not be watching. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I ended up getting home before the season started and I obviously watched that. So I got into it with Big Brother 2. And, you know, I, at that point, we had two seasons of Survivor. And I thought that Big Brother was a really interesting game, kind of an interesting, um, like, complement to what Survivor had to offer. Um, I remember, like, one of the things is with Survivor, I really liked the merged part, but I didn't mm -hmm. like the two teams part very much. Yeah. And I did like that Big Brother just started where it was just kind of in the every man for themselves kind of idea. And yeah. I thought that it was interesting. One thing I liked about it was in Big Brother 2, the vast majority of the competitions for power for HOH were these sort of like quiz competitions. And I've always liked things that are a little bit more, you know, mentally based than yeah. physical type challenges. You know, I like the modern version where it's kind of like double dare with a lot of the challenges is slightly less interesting where I like the old school ones where all the HOHs are basically quizzes. I found that to be really neat. So I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Dr. Will. I thought he was, you know, very funny, very like, charismatic, charming. And I really enjoyed it. Big Brother 3 is when I became really, really into it though, because I really liked Danielle Reyes on that season. I thought like she was by far my favorite player at that point. And just amazing. So that season, I got really into it. You know, I would go online and read about it. I couldn't watch feeds because I didn't have a credit card to buy anything. <laughs> but I would watch Big Brother 3 um, a lot. And I was really obsessed with it that summer. And I think one of the reasons I really liked Big Brother was because when you're a kid, summer vacation, you run from June to August. And, you know, I was someone who, you know, I'm pretty introverted at least at that stage in my life. And naturally, I'm an introvert. I want to be an extrovert, but I'm naturally an introvert. And at that point, I was not someone who had like a lot of friends. So being able to watch Big Brother and get into it and just become fully immersed was something to do in the summer. And that was something that I really liked about it. Like it was just something that I could get totally into and totally sucked into. 
I think um, for me, the point at which I started to get a little bit kind of, you know, what is this is around uh, like Big Brother 11. I remember in the pre-show run up, right, my brother was uh, younger than me and he still watched Nickelodeon, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember he had Nickelodeon on in the room that I was in at the time and the commercial break comes on and there was an advertisement for Big Brother 11 and it's like 12 house guests and it like shows like a flash panel where it's all 12 of them like looking around like this. And they're like the wackiest challenges on TV and there's like slime splatter graphic <laughs> on the screen. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself like this was a show that, you know, in 2001 when I was like nine or 10, you know, grandma was sitting there saying, Yo, that's the show you're not watching. But now I'm seeing, you know, slime splatter and we're advertising yeah. this on literally on Nickelodeon. Like this is an advertisement that's clearly geared at children. Now, granted, I think it was like Teen Nick or something, but still it's, you know, being aimed at people that are juveniles. Right. So yeah. that was kind of an interesting thing. And I thought at that point when I saw that, I was basically expecting it to be like much more of like the the silly challenges, the slime, the goofy costumes. I thought we were going to be seeing like a lot more of that. And that is what we ended up getting. Now, the game was essentially, you know, it's still pretty good. But 13 was kind of where I just, I set it down. But I was in New Orleans and I was at Tulane at the time. And I happened to see that at the local Hard Rock Cafe, which is like 25 minute trolley ride to get to from where I was, they were having Big Brother auditions. And I said, you know what? I mean, it's still a good show. It might not be like, you know, a, a really solid, like sound game, but it is entertaining. And, you know, it's it would be cool to do. It's like kind of bucket list material. So I said, you know, why not just go down there and apply and try out an audition? So I, I went and, um, you know, I had like a group interview and I was with two uh, two women. They were friends with each other in my group interview. And um, I don't remember. I think they're like bartenders or something like that. I don't remember what their occupation was, something of that nature. And um, I think that the casting director that was there when they asked what we what we did, I think when it's like, well, bartender, bartender, chemical engineering student, it's kind of like raises a few eyebrows, right? Because one, most engineers are super introverts, right? And as, it, you know, I technically am, right? And it's sort of unusual, you know, to see someone like that put themselves in a situation like Big Brother or want to put themselves in that sort of situation. And I think they also were impressed by the fact that I clearly knew older seasons of the show because when they ask who's your favorite players, like who are your favorite players? And it's like, well, I really like, like, I mean, Dr. Will, obvious answer, but I really like Roddy and Jack. Well, yeah. the person that's interviewing is like, well, that's like a really different answer. So it just stands out. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I got the call back uh, to go to the next round and that interview went very well. And then I got to move on to, you know, the, the final round and uh, the entire time that I was going through the process, like after the first callback, I was like, I felt very confident that I was going to get on the show. Um, yeah. I, I felt that like, 
even though there was like a little bit of doubt, I remember after like the night that I got the call to go into the second round, I was like, well, let's, you know, you're going to probably be like in four, three months sitting at the big round table, seeing keys pulled out of the nomination box. Like, and I was like mentally prepared for that. Um, and that, I mean, really it, you know, it saved big brother for me in a yeah. way. Like I, I, you know, I became interested. I said, I wanted to get myself like, you know, into it. And I watched like older seasons. Um, I didn't want to watch the recent stuff. Like I wanted to watch like big brother six. I watched big brother seven. I watched big brother four, big brother three. And it helped me, you know, just kind of, you know, really appreciate it. It's like, this is really good. And that was like the first time I really found like, oh, it's on YouTube. I can watch all these seasons. Right. right? So, you know, I was pretty into it and I was pretty interested in being back on there again. And, you know, I was definitely like excited about Big Brother. Were you nervous in any way? Like, yes, I, I was. Um, I was very nervous about it. Um, I think it's actually really interesting because. On the um, application, one of the questions that's like on like the, you know, the application that you would fill out is like, what would be a twist that you would be like very afraid of happening? Like, what would be a twist that you definitely don't want to see happen? And in my like getting pumped up for, you know, the second interview, like I had read a lot about different Big Brothers around the world and like different twists that they had done. And one that stuck out to me was on an Australian version, they put them all in the, you know, they move in, they put them in the backyard. And then the voice comes over the loudspeaker and says like, you know, a lot of people, they get on the show and they spend a lot of time like worrying about who's going to be the first one evicted. So we'll just solve this problem at sunrise. You're going to evict someone like one person's going <laughs> after 12 hours. Right. And that to me, I remember saying like, just, I don't want to be evicted on the first night. That was it. I was like, I just want to sleep there, you know, and I just want to be in there at least one week. I didn't, the other thing is I just didn't want to be the first one out as long as I wasn't the very first person out, which was in my case, Jody. So that was great. It like alleviated that problem very quickly. Um, that was basically it. I had no other concerns about it, but I was definitely nervous, right? Were you concerned about like the exposure, like being on the, the feeds 24 seven being on TV? Was, did that enter your mind at all? Um, so that's one thing is uh, I am very introverted as a person, right? But I feel like I'm strange because I'm an introvert naturally, but I very badly want to be extroverted. Right. So like, it's kind of like I'm introverted, but not by choice. And that actually was, something that appealed to me, right? Is like, I thought the idea of like being on TV, being on feeds, I thought that would be cool. The only concern that I had about that sort of thing was I was worried about how it would reflect on my career because mm -hmm. I figured that, you know, engineering, the people that go into it, they're very serious. Oftentimes they're very like stuffy and, you know, Big Brother, given what had it, you know, it had become, just doesn't fit that, right? So I was definitely concerned that, you know, you know, here's here's you know me in a veto competition, wearing a chicken suit, running across the backyard, grabbing the flag into a giant bowl of cereal, and then dumping milk on myself to to win the veto is going to be viewed as like, you know, what what is this? You know, is this a circus act? You know, what's going on here? 
So that was a little bit of a concern, but it wasn't a major concern, right? Yeah. So I was definitely a little bit worried, but I, I was just, you know, I was just pumped up for it, to be honest, because like I said, like, I thought last season of Big Brother really sucked. And it's like, I know this one will be good. <laughs> you know, it'll be <laughs> worth watching for me, at least. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I know for me, when I was a kid, what like what got me into Big Brother, because I think that I, I am similarly introverted, um, but especially when I was a kid where I felt I was a very, very shy kid. And when I watched Big Brother, it, I loved games and I loved yeah. that it seemed like a cerebral game and it almost turned social interaction into a game that could be won. And watching somebody like Dr. Will, who was very good at it, was like, right. this is like my dream, like like power fantasy, right? Like I can be in this house and like, like manipulate people and like play a social game. Like that sounds way more interesting to me than, you know, being this shy kid that's afraid of, of the world. You know what I mean? Right. And I think for me, one of the things that appealed to me about big brother, I I mean, I had applied for survivor, um, of course, because I was a really big survivor fan as well and 18. So I started applying for survivor from, basically the time I was like 19 onward. And the thing that I found really interesting about Big Brother was there were two things that I thought this is a better game for me. One, with Big Brother, being eliminated is a process, right? Like yeah. it, is, it is a lot of work to get somebody out of the house. Because if you really think about ways that they could be safe for the week, there's usually HOH. Big Brother 11 onward bar two seasons has had like some form of immunity through some other kind of, you know, challenge or something like that. Veto, getting the veto used on you, getting the votes. So not being nominated by the HOH. So you have, I mean, it's like all six of those things have to fall, right? Not your way in order to get eliminated. With Survivor, it's lose a challenge, anyone, you know, and then anyone on your team is up for elimination. And that's basically the end of it, right? So I know full well, the one thing that I had been told like many times in my life by people that I had become good friends with is they go, I really, when I first met you, I really did not like you at all. But once I met you and got to know you, you actually like, I like the way you think is really interesting. Like, I think you're just like a fun person to be around. And like the way that you approach situations is it's almost like I've had like fascinating to watch, right? And I found that my personality, someone once put it very well. They're like, the personality is an acquired taste. <laughs> so, I, you know, I appreciate it because I think of other like foods that are acquired taste, right? And it's usually like these really awesome foods. But I know that personality wise, I can be a lot at first. And it, it's just... I liked that it wasn't just lose one challenge, gone, right? Then the other thing about Big Brother that I had picked up on was I sort of noticed certain patterns with competitions that were coming up. And one thing that I noticed was towards the end, they had these competitions where it was like, well, what day did so-and-so drink water, you know? And... For some reason, I don't know what it is, one of like my freak talents is that I can remember on what date certain things happened very, very accurately. Yeah. And I knew that 
if I found myself sitting around final six or so, there was a very good chance that I could just go on a run and there would be nothing anyone could ever do about it. Like almost kind of like in this sort of like, if you remember like the press your luck, like Michael Larson type, (laughs) you know, scandal where he just memorized the pattern on the board and there was nothing anyone could ever do to stop what was going on. And it sort of was a similar thing. It's like, well, if I'm at that point, I feel like that's a very realistic possibility. Like no matter where I am socially, you know, no matter where I am as far as being a threat, I felt like that was something that was very realistic that could happen. Also, you know, I'm like five seven, five eight on a good day and small. So I felt like the endurance competitions, I'd be well suited for those. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was just the competitions that were in it were good for me in general if I had to win one. Yeah, I feel like people often, you know, don't give you as much credit as the competition threat that like because mm-hmm. I, I think people don't remember like you I th- I believe I mean at least in the US now you still hold the record for like consecutive HOH wins um, like for uh, I, I think for like the male competitors like you um, like people remember Frank as the comp beast but like you right. just you were immune from like final what final eight final seven on until uh, the it final was four final final nine eight seven final nine. six five four I was up eviction and then three i was immune as well and if you really think about it right in every round of big brother 14 um i think that the jody boot i was immune the kara boot i was immune uh jojo that was i was up there reset week the janelle boot i was eligible the will boot i was eligible and the boogie boot i was eligible but that's only like what four rounds and then the final four. I was immune like the vast majority of the game. And there was, and like I said, there was nothing anyone could have ever done about that. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I realized that was one thing that, you know, going into Big Brother is I felt like I could put together a run because like before and after it was child's play. You know, I'm sitting there like everyone, you know, is like, oh, I'm not sure. it's like, this is the easiest thing in the world. You know, you, how do you, how would you not know this? Right. So that kind of thing was something that appealed to me because it was just, you know, survivor, you know, I don't want to be out there eating eyeballs and then doing some huge (laughs) obstacle course where like some guy that's totally jacked is going to obviously win. I felt like that was the thing is felt with Big Brother. If I got through the first two weeks, I'd probably win the game. Yeah. Were you worried about the other aspects of it, like the social aspect, you know, being yes. a, an introvert that yes. wants to be extroverted? Did you worry about your ability to to succeed in that realm? Yes. Um, and as I said, like the only the only big concern I had was like the first three rounds of the game. But I figured that and what I had noticed was that after that point, the social doesn't it doesn't matter as much. Right. It still matters. But usually, like, the pieces are set on the board by the social, you know, constructs in place the first few rounds. But once the pieces are on the board, the moves are more or less, you know, kind of forced in certain ways where it's like, well, I might not particularly like Ian, but he is a number and I can work with him. So there was that aspect of it. But like I said, for me, it was just a matter of getting through, you know, the others are just going to have to acquire the taste and if they acquire it i should be good yeah and and sort of as you mentioned like it's a it's a big process to take somebody out in big brother so uh like if you present yourself as like not worth being taken out right and it's like well we don't want to waste a week doing this when we can take out like this big 
dude, Frank, you know what right. I mean? Like, well, that was the, that was the thing that I found like early on was I, you know, in the early rounds, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm the thing I didn't quite get when I was in there at first was, you know, there's 11 people, you got 10 people to pick from. And, you know, I seem like to me, it seemed like a huge waste, right. To go after me because I'm physically weak you know, I don't fit in, you know, it just, it seems like it would just be a complete waste of anyone's time. Now, obviously I understand, you know, it's just, it makes it easy socially for the first HOH to do that. But you know, what I really didn't realize until after was, you know, there was the alliances built before where Janelle and Brittany had their prearranged agreement, Dan and Boogie had their agreement. So it really whittled, you know, a possible pool of like 10 down to, I think, what, five of us. And Jen was never in contention. So there really wasn't much room to even move. Right. So I think that that was like one of those things that really like for a while, it was just like, you know, I thought. You know, Jody was out first, so I was happy about that. But I thought I was like going to be like, uh, you know, just like the Brooke Garrity, you know, a big brother. It's like the really big fan who just goes like right away. And I was like, maybe they're not going to acquire the taste after all. Yeah. Well, we just watched Cameron, uh, yeah, brother nineteen, yeah. go out night one. Uh, essentially, you know, succumbing to that fate that you were so worried about. Yeah. What was it like watching that? Um, well, I actually dry heaved like right after the episode. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is it hit very, very close to home. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's like, like Robert said, like it was the invoice paid for Steve and I went. Right. Yeah. But what I found to be particularly like, I just like the, just like the first week of my season was so terrible because I didn't understand it. You know, I didn't understand why it was happening to me. Mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, uh, it just reminded me of that. And it was just sort of this idea where as soon as I saw who he was nominated against, I knew he was done because I think about it just and McRae I've talked to and Steve, I've talked to about this. It's just people will bag on the nerds for their lack of social game. Right. But the problem that I have with that is that I feel like that's just, uh, just a, a result of how the typical Big Brother cast is put together, right? I don't think it's that these nerds, I don't think Cameron is really that antisocial. I guess Steve is very introverted. Maybe that's a little exception. I don't, and I certainly don't think that McCray is introverted or antisocial, right? Yeah. But what I would say is that if you imagine that if you had a cast where it's usually seven marks and one Cameron, right? Yeah. What if you had seven Camerons? And one mark. Well, who do you think would be the that person on the outside, right? So it's kind of like you're just if you're that archetype, you're basically forced into that position early on because you just stand out, right? Like I think about it like in my season, you know, how am I ever gonna have any sort of conversation with Danielle? Like that's the type of girl that at Tulane at that time, if I was like, oh hi, she would just like ignore me and blow me off completely. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with Cameron, it's like the same sort of idea where it's like, I feel like he just based on his look, you know, the glasses, kind of nerdy guy. He just right off the bat, like the snap judgment is, ooh, uh, you know, this is someone I'm not really going to get along with or someone that I w maybe wouldn't give the time of day. And I felt like 
you know, he's nominated against these two inoffensive girls, and it was just unfortunate, you know, situation how he ended up there. And it really was sort of like you said, like that fear that I had just coming to fruition, right? And as I was watching the whole time, I was like, you know, could have been me, man. That could have been me so easily, so easily that could have been me. And yeah. that was just, it was, it was too much. Like, I think the next day, like I was still kind of like, you know, I needed to like go out of my apartment and like get a massage or something because <laughs> I was just like not having it. Uh, like just like, it was like, it was very, very difficult for me to watch. And it took me about like a day to kind of be like, yeah, man, that, he was the first one out. And that's just, you know, I can't believe like, I think about uh, the things that like Jody never experienced. And I think about the things that he also never experienced, like all house guests basically know, like when you, every morning it's, you know, good morning house guests, it's time to get up for the day and they play music. And I feel like both him and Jody to an extent were really robbed of that. Right. And mm -hmm. I feel like that to me, it just, it didn't sit well with me that that's how that, I mean, at least Glenn slept one night. Right. Yeah. But I felt very bad about those two. It does. I mean, it does it strike you just how different your entire life could be if that had happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, I always uh, say like, you know, it's interesting because when I was going into to big brother, I wasn't really like the big focus was not on winning. The big focus for me was just on going in there and kind of just, you know, being on there, just kind of enjoying the experience because I've never done anything really remotely social. And if you want to be extroverted and you're an introvert, well, this is like being, you know, not knowing how to swim and being pushed into the part of the pool that's 12 feet deep, right? Yeah. So for me, it was a really exciting, you know, opportunity. But the thing is, the money wasn't so much a matter because, you know, at that point, I'm well into a chemical engineering degree. I'm looking into going into oil and gas. I have a good GPA. So I'm being told left and right, like, yeah, you're going to graduate. And by the time you're 25, 26, you're probably going to be making like $110,000, $115,000 a year. So the money was not really pressing because, you know, I think one of the things I, I don't remember what their names were, but they're on like Amazing Race years ago where they got eliminated and they said, well, it doesn't matter because I'll make the money another way. And I felt like that was the case with Big Brother. As like, it doesn't, this is not defining for me, but, it, you know, obviously oil and gas tanked and, you know, I teach now. And I mean, I'm, you know, I certainly make a good living, but it, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that, right? So I think that for me, like monetarily and just imagining how different everything would be, I feel like at this point, the Big Brother thing is, playing less and less of a role. Like, I feel like five years on, it's not, you know, I, I very rarely get recognized anymore. It doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, but I think about, like, the monetary difference, like how shitty it would be, <laughs> uh, you know, looking at my surroundings and the things that the money was able to do for me, uh, that that's, like, the really big difference. Well, what was the what was it like? You know, like, you know, you're you're coming out. of. I mean, you at this point, you haven't had a, like a, any sort of salaried job, right? You're, you're still a student uh, yep. to get that kind of money right. out of this show. Like what what do you even do? What do you where do you even go from there? Right. So I grew up not wealthy. Um, we we're in like a pretty crap of a suburb of Pittsburgh. Um, and I 
I've always been someone who really believes in like academics, right? Like I feel like academic prestige is something that's extremely important. And for me, the one thing that I wanted when I was in school was I wanted to go to a school that was really prestigious, right? So I went to Tulane and um, Tulane is not cheap um, at all. And, you know, I had some scholarship because I was academically fairly strong, but I was still paying a lot per year to go there. I was working part-time as an RA because I like room and board was like monetarily, that was a problem, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that summer I was in New Orleans because if I didn't get on Big Brother, I was going to take a class. I was living in the basement of my friend's house um, and the house was pretty, you know, it was a New Orleans house and it was kind of, you know, not in the best shape living <laughs> yeah. in the basement, right? Like literally. So, you know, I had basically nothing. I had a bike that had a flat tire and I had maybe, maybe like 150 bucks in my bank account and was, you know, just trying to, uh, figure out, you know, how to stretch that, you know? Yeah. Um, and without, I didn't want to say to my parents like, Hey, can I have, you know, $200? I didn't want to have to do that. So that was the thing for me going through Big Brother. Like when I found out I was going to finals, not only was I pumped that I could get on my favorite show, I was really stoked that I was going to be in a nice hotel with, you know, food, you know, like yeah. meals, you know, like that was like, man, this, this is great. Even if I don't get on the show, look, I'm in, I'm in LA. I'm, you know, I'm by the pool. It's sunny. It's nice. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, having a drink. This is great, you know. But um, after Big Brother, obviously, you know, I find, you know, after taxes, I cleared 300 or so, about 300,000, mm-hmm. I think a little bit less, like 299, 300. So, you know, I had a lot, a lot of money. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was Tulane, I had like loans out the ass, <laughs> yeah. right? I had, I had something like at that point, 65,000 in student loans. And mm-hmm. I just was ecstatic to pay that off. Like, Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Um, and then the last semester I was um, there. Um, so I had academic scholarship for the first, uh, for the sophomore and junior years. Like I earned it as a freshman for sophomore and junior year. Freshman year, I was on like a need based scholarship because they do like those sorts of awards. Um, mm. Well, by senior year, the, you know, I no longer had the academic scholarship because I was not continuously enrolled, but I was like, when I was going to the show, I talked to counselors and like, well, we'll get the need-based scholarship back. So it, it's not really going to make that big of a difference because, it, you know, if you get the academic scholarship, you just don't get a need-based. It's still the same amount, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously I get back to Tulane <laughs> and well, there's no need-based scholarship anymore. So I remember um, the the two the two checks that were really or the three checks i guess that were pretty tough to write were i was sitting in a, a dorm room at tulane and I, I was writing a check uh for the taxes on it for you know like two hundred thousand dollars right Oof. and you know i'm in a dorm you know and it's yeah. a freshman dorm and you know god only knows what's going on you know next room over out in the hallway but i'm sitting there and i'm looking at a check for two hundred some thousand dollars about right Mm-hmm. Writing that was like 
painful. And I remember walking down the street to the mail, the mail room at the <laughs> university with an envelope with a check for 200K and just putting it in there and being like, bon voyage, you know? Man. But, uh, yeah. But um, the other thing that was uh, interesting was uh, I had to write, you know, a check for the last semester I was there was when the effects of no longer having any sort of scholarship went into play. Um, so I remember writing a check for like $23,000 to Tulane just for that one semester. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, obviously I came out way ahead, but, you know, so I had like 80 some thousand dollars that I had to pay to Tulane just for the four years that I went there. So that was great to not have that debt was very, very freeing because when I was going into school, it was a difficult choice to go to Tulane because I was worried about how I would pay for it. And it yeah. was, that was really great. So that was really the first thing that I did. I said, I always, I wanted to have a nice car. So I went out, I bought a nice car when I, you know, was getting ready to, to be an adult. So, uh, that was really how the money was spent. I invest a good amount of that money. Um, when I moved down here to Houston, you know, once I got, you know, my job salaried here, the money is not is not spent. You know, it's it's investment money. Um, I bought this house, um, though, with some of it. So, again, it's like investment, but it's also a house. So, you know, I feel like it's good. And I mean, I still have, you know, a good, good amount of that left. So I just wanted to be responsible with it because um, mm -hmm. I had heard like stories of winners, you know, really blowing through it quickly. Yeah. And I did not want to be the person who, and oops, it's gone. So <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, that's the one thing that I'm like, really, really like proud of myself is that I was not that way. And that I'm still like, you know, it was invested well. I have a house, which, you know, has only increased in value. So, you know, it's just very, very relieving to know that, you know, I just, I did it right five years on, we're still here. And I mean, aside from the car and like the 80,000 and the down payment on the house, it's all still there. Yeah. I, I mean, especially as the youngest winner of Big Brother, right? Like, you know, it, it, typically you would think the younger person is going right. to not know how to handle the money. Right. And, and especially someone that's not only young, but has also never had any money. Right? right. Like it's, it's just, it's very much was like the typical, you know, you know, hillbilly family wins lottery, you know, buys like, you know, mansion gold cheetahs, crazy cars. And then oops, you know, it's foreclosed five, you know, five years later and they don't have anything. Right. So that was like, that was the one thing was I did not want to waste it. I wanted to make sure that I was just setting myself up to be comfortable uh, for a long, long, long time. Once you got out of the house, you know, you're Big Brother 14 winner. Did that feel like the most important and life changing part or did it feel like a side effect of this experience that you had? Um, it didn't really register that like I it was very interesting because I won and you know, I, I was like, just excited that I would get to do that, like walk where the confetti comes up and you know, <laughs> yeah. I was outside and I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was like, you know, I, I remember like the 
it cuts and then being like, I need water. Like, I need water like right now because I felt like my knees were just going to buckle. And it didn't really, like I almost forgot that there was the monetary prize until I was shown the check um, for 504000 like the other prizes that I had. In right, right. So it was kind of like this, uh, you know, I didn't, it was almost like not until like 45 minutes to an hour later that I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I get a lot of money. <laughs> from 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 winning this that's yeah. that's cool you know it's like that there was a point to doing this so um you know it was a cool side effect but i will say like years down the line right like i said like i don't really get recognized for big brother anymore um you know fan reaction i mean i still have very positive fan reaction i still get some negative fan reaction but I mean, that's just on Twitter or like I have to like actively go look for that kind of stuff if I wanted to really see it. So why would you really do that except to stroke your own ego or be masochistic? Right. So, you know, years on, there's not really a huge amount regarding Big Brother. But the one thing that has lasted has been the money. So I find that to be really interesting because, you know, I would have. I would probably think, you know, when I was younger, I was like, well, how long does, you know, how long does the money last? You know, because I remember like, again, hearing about these people that just blow through it. And it obviously has lasted, you know, quite a while and will continue to last for a long time. So that was the thing that was interesting. But the fame was what wore off very quickly. Yeah. Well, you talked about the the fan reaction and like, I mean, again, like as as somebody who was, you know, very young, you just you were on TV for the first time. I, I imagine yeah. this is by far the most amount of exposure you've ever oh, had. For sure. And all of a sudden you're coming out to this world. And I mean, the Big Brother fandom itself is just so Insane. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is that experience like? Like, did, did you immediately run to the forums to see what yeah. people were saying? Yeah. Um, I remember in I was in the hotel room and I had my phone back and the first thing that I wanted to do was go on to like Survivor Sucks. The first exposure I had, the one thing I was very, very curious about was when I was in a limousine with my parents from the studios to the hotel. I was like, by the way, you know that chart on Jokers where it's like all our like faces? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm I'm like on the very bottom of that permanently, you know, right? Is what I was thinking for a while. Like I was thinking like there's I don't think I'm towards the top. I don't see that being the case. Yeah. And um they were like, No, you've actually it's just been like you and Dan for like the past forty days, just like <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> And I was like, really? And it's like, and they pulled it up and I was, I remember like, for like that day I was at the very top of it. And I was like, you know, completely blown away by that. So I was, um, I was really surprised to see that that was the case because, you know, I mean, obviously uh, there's, I knew that I was never going to be as popular as like Jeff or Janelle or someone like that. But to be, uh, you know, on that top spot on that chart, I was really surprised and it was, you know, insane to me because I often like liken like that the, that first year off the show for me was when I was a young kid. Like the one one movie that I really loved was like Austin Powers. Right. And yeah. I always kind of wondered, like, what would it be like to be like 
you know, walking down the street and be like, oh my God, it's Austin Powers, you know, and then people like going crazy. And, you know, I went to the Vegas bash and it was literally like that. Like I walk into room, it's like, oh my God, it's, you know, you know, get over here take a picture and get the autograph. And I was like, you know, what is this? You know, this, now I know what it's like, you know? So, you know, I, I was always, I was blown away by it at first. Um, and I mean, it, it was great. Um, I went from getting like literally no attention from women whatsoever to all of a sudden getting tons of attention from women that were much more attractive than I should ever be like, you know, talking to at that point. What is that like? Like, uh, to all of a sudden just have all of this attention. I mean, for me, I was, uh, fairly concerned in a way, like in the back of my mind, because, uh, one of the things I was thinking is I have a lot of money now and right. it's very public that I have that. So, I mean, who is trying to get the, get the, get some of that or like kind of ride yeah. off of that. Right. And that was something that I was like very concerned about for, you know, a little while, um, after, but it was very, it was almost in a way like overwhelming. Um, I figured that like one thing, uh, I had at Tulane was I figured out, you know, who like the real friends were like, I, I figured out pretty quickly, like probably after being there for about a month, like when I went back in January, 2013, I, I realized who was going to be someone I was going to be friends with for the rest of my life. And I knew pretty quickly who I wasn't going to be friends with after I graduated. and. Um, that was interesting. The Tulane, that year at Tulane, I felt like a lot of time was studying chemical engineering, like sophomore and junior year were really rough. I felt like I didn't really get to enjoy college because I remember like it was like Mardi Gras break and like we had this one class junior year that was so brutal where basically our entire class was in a computer lab, the entire Mardi Gras break. And like everyone else around you in the entire city is having an amazing time. And you're in a computer lab looking at, you know, ChemCAD and, you know, some designing some process like a distillation column or something. And it's just miserable. And that last year that I was at Tulane, I was basically done with the vast majority of like the chemical engineering curriculum. There are only like a few classes left. And I had a lot of elective space. So the classes, it wasn't quite as rigorous as I was used to. And suddenly I was, you know, oh, I'm getting invited to, you know, these top tier sorority date parties. And I'm, you know, I'm going out drinking and it's a Tuesday night with friends. And I walk into the bar and people are like, oh my God, it's Ian. It's good seeing you, blah, blah, blah. That was great. And I felt like in a way that like it really made up for the two years that I felt like really down in the dumps about how I wasn't enjoying the things that a 19 to 21 year old should be enjoying. So that was actually like the one thing that, you know, I'll just never forget was like that year at Tulane right after I won, just how amazing that was. Um, because like I said, I, you know, I'm the introvert who wants to be an extrovert. So I was never really, really popular in like that sort of sense. But I finally got to be that the last year I was ever doing any kind of schooling. And that was, I mean, that was amazing. That was just, that was the best part, I think, for me, aside from the, the money. Does it, does it change your, your perspective of yourself in a way where it's like all of a sudden you're almost like a different person and people are treating yeah. you differently? Like, how does that affect how you view yourself? I think that the one thing that it did for me, like really a lot that I still carry 
to an extent is I felt like it did a lot for my confidence. Mm-hmm. I felt like the one thing that I, one thing that I just really, like really, really had none of was any sort of any semblance of confidence. Right. And I felt like it was uh, like that, definitely that year, I felt very confident going into social situations. I felt very confident even in like class. Like I was, you know, I would take like quantum mechanics said there'd be like 10 people in class. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably gonna get the highest grade in the whole class on the test. I'm pretty sure of it. And then sure enough, I would. And I was just like the confidence. It's really interesting because it sounds like so cliched, but the the more positively you think about, you know, positive outcomes, they seem to just happen. And mm-hmm. I felt like just by being more confident, right? Like just because I won Big Brother, I didn't just get smarter all of a sudden in classes, right? I didn't, you know, I didn't become someone who could, you know, go on dates and have them be successful or talk to attractive women and be successful. It was just like the confidence that I had was very like clear and it just would, you know, exude from, from me and it would just bring these positive, you know, outcomes toward me. Did you worry about it going to your head in any way? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I think it did to a fair extent. I mean, I was 21. Um, yeah. You know, I had a half million and then $300,000 in the bank. Um, I had no debt anymore. You know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm in a dorm room writing a check for $200,000, right? So, it, yeah, did it go to my head? Yeah, of course it did. But, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, a year of, uh, or not a year, I think of all the years of having no self-esteem, like, whatsoever, and then having one year where, you know, it kind of goes to my head a little bit, in the long run, I'm still coming out. <laughs> like probably well below even. So that was the thing that I said was like someone a friend someone I'm not friends with now, but they're like, you know, you really you really like brag about it a lot, you know, the whole thing and the big brother thing. And I remember saying like, you know, someone said like, well this person here, like he he was this kid, he's just extremely good looking kid, very, very smart. You know, he was a chemical engineer, but he was like going to work for Goldman Sachs after he graduated because or something like that. Like he had the best job offer out of anybody. And it's like, and he never mentions it ever. And I was like, well, yeah, but like, he's been, you know, perfect and amazing, you know, and have, you know, this, all these talents and this social ability and this charm his entire life. You know, I've never had this, like, let me just have this one thing. Like, let me just have it and run with it, you know? And that was basically how I looked at it. Um, because it was that was it right like that was the one thing that i had and um you know uh, i always said like less people have lived in a big brother house than have been in space so (laughs) it's kind of like you know it's it's a big deal and it is it was the it is still like the life defining event for me yeah right so of course i'm going to talk about it a lot and you know it yeah, it definitely shapes my interactions, of course. Do you find yourself like uh, in moments of feeling like maybe you don't have the confidence that you want, like trying to mine that from the like trying to think back to like, this is how I felt. This is the confidence yes. that I got. Yeah, I, I actually do. Like, I think, um, you know, I think around it was probably around 2014, uh, maybe 2015. Just um, I think there were there was like a lack of of confidence, like it sort of like kind of crept back in. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, for me, just one thing that I really like would think about was like think like, you know, when you're in 
you're at, you're at Vegas Bash like two days after. Like, did it? Did this matter? Did this matter? No, it never mattered, right? Like, the only thing that people cared about was that you were on the show, you were very popular, win or lose, and you know, it's that's that's what matters. You know, America saw that I was well liked. There's no reason to put myself down in any way because this is, you know, I know I know what I'm capable of, and I know, you know. Who I am and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you feel like uh, this is something that has helped? Like you're, like you talked about, like you got a lot more attention from women. Uh, has that has that continued as well? Has the confidence so, helped with that? So it it helps. I mean, I would say I think the thing that's really interesting is that like right after the show, I mean, it was like amazing. Like it was. Yeah. I remember like Rob Rob Sesternino. I remember the, the first time I met him. I was at a, a party. Um, like it was the day after the night after I won. And I mean, I was a big fan of, of Rob. I didn't know about like RHAP really, but I, I was a big Rob fan and seeing Rob there, I was like, Oh my God, it's Rob. Sesternino. This is amazing. Holy crap. Look at this. And he was like, yes, Ian, you're, you're going to meet a lot of really attractive women. And he's like, and a lot of them are going to be from reality shows. And he's like the one big piece of advice that I have for you is do not date any of these women do not even entertain it. <laughs> He's like, just go back to Tulane and date women there. And I, I mean, I, like I said, I think uh, that was advice that I sadly did not try to take because I, I mean, I, I did go to Tulane. I did, you know, date women there, but um, I remember like for a while, like I would go after these girls that were on these shows for like no reason other than just stroke my own ego. Really? Like mm -hmm. I remember like, you know, all, all the ones over the years, but I just found that, it, you know, it was kind of fun and it was just kind of because I could, you know, I felt like when I was like watching these shows and like, you know, I remember watching like Big Brother 12 and be like, oh, yeah, that, that, uh, you know, Annie is really, she's really attractive or, or like, you know, uh, uh, Kristen, you know, really attractive, but yeah, I'd never be able to like even interact with, I'd have no way of ever been talking to these women. So it's not even anything, but now I'm like, well, actually now I, I have access to being able to do that if I want. So I thought that it was just kind of like a fun, cool thing just to kind of like live out like the 14 year old kid, 16 year old kid fantasies that you have. So that was uh, that. Now, obviously it, it's like died down, but I, the thing that's funny is I, I feel like I still actually do well with dating, not because of like, I, I don't, bring up the big brother thing until, you know, usually like three or four dates in. Um, I don't really mention that sort of thing often. Um, I just, I think I do well. And I, the women I date, they're always really attractive, which is, I think, you know, uh, you know, I'm not like, you know, Adonis by any means. So <laughs> I just think it's just, I'm, you know, I'm stubborn and, to an extent, I still have like some confidence that that's, you know, hey, you know I can do this. So it just it, it's I mean, it's infinitely better than where it was, you know, 2011, spring 2012. That's for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I can picture Rob saying that to you. And then like after you not taking his advice, being like, I told him. I told yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think I was uh, I was there and like um, like it was like the survivor had Philippines had premiered like the night before and like you know you have like Abby Maria Gomez like running around this place like putting like I think it was like a like a lay you know like one of those like I, yeah. if I'm remembering I was pretty drunk 
But I remember her being there and being like, whoa, this girl is on Survivor. Wow, she's really attractive. And like Rob being like, don't date the women on these shows. You know, <laughs> I did the wrong Rob, but you know, the, the idea, you know, is just yeah. like, and yeah, I mean, good advice um, because it was, you know, infinitely more successful just at college. So uh, we talked about the, like the internet stuff, like seeking stuff out like that. How often do you check the forums and like hear, like try to find people talking about yourself? And like, I imagine it's, it's changed over the years. Yeah. Uh, for a while. I mean, I was pretty frequent, um, like on sucks and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I would still read, I like jokers for the updates, but I, I never liked like their discussion. Um, but I don't really bother with, uh, either of those anymore. I think sucks. I was on there for a lot longer, but what I just started to realize with, uh, with that was just that it was more, I, I feel like the vast majority of it is just trolling and there's not really it. Like at a certain point I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I'm not sure who's trolling who anymore. And <laughs> it's just not productive. So I don't really do that. Um, jokers. I go for the updates, um, but I don't do like any sort of like discussion or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, I use Reddit a lot, but not for Big Brother Reddit. So I usually will go on there if I have like, you know, like a mention. So you get like the little envelope uh, yeah. that comes up. But, you know, I don't I don't go on there, you know, even like probably like maybe once a week I'll be on there and just like kind of like eh, just looking around, but not really like anything, you know, too too involved. I, I just, I find that, uh, with big brother, it's sort of like in a way I am, I'm trying to move on, you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, it happened. It was five years ago because I remember just like when I was like a kid, the show that I would always seem to watch when I was in like seventh, eighth, ninth grade with like those real world road rules challenges. And I remember I would watch it and there would be that person that would be on this challenge. And it's like the fifth season in a row. They're doing the, <laughs> they're doing the challenge again. And their original season aired in like 1995 and it's 2004 now. And you know, it's like, like, don't you like have like, stuff to do like you know like like that's not this so i try to you know i try to kind of you know it it happened it's over and it's done and it has benefited my life in a positive way i've uh, you know i've gotten good benefits out of this but it's something that it's just kind of like a cool thing it's kind of like you know the interesting like cocktail party like little story little thing but it's not something that i try to be like a like defining character trait, nor do I really pay that much attention to it. I like big brother. Like I said, it's, it was very much even at that point, like for entertainment only. And you know, it's a game, right. But it's like, I don't think of it like I did when I watched like big brother four, three, two, things like that. Right. So it's just like, it's kind of, I watch it. It's an enjoyable show, but I don't really, you know, I watch it because I don't really feel like thinking, right. Like I just want (laughs) to, I just want to like, Oh, this is, you know, entertainment for the masses, right? Like, just watch it. How did you handle, like, uh, the the hate? Did that tear away at the, the confidence that you felt you tried to build in any See, way? The, the thing was, though, the, the response, you know, was overwhelmingly positive, right? right? So that's the thing was, like, at first it was kind of like, oh, man, these people really hate me or they don't like me or whatever. And 
then you realize that the the pause like on sucks the love thread like was considerably longer than the hate thread, right <laughs> so it's like well you know and compared to what some of my cast members got you know oh, i yeah. was i mean it was you know it was really not anything right like so you know it, i i did well right like it's a net positive right so that's the thing is i always I remember when I was going through like the opening auditions and like you do the, you know, the big brother pre-interviews and they ask you the questions like, you know, uh, all the money or your new best friend or something like that. I wanted to answer the questions just to be different. I'd say like, Oh yeah, new best friend. No way did I mean it, but I remember yeah. saying that just cause I wanted to be different. Right. And I, now I watch the Jeff interviews and I find the question win, but be hated or, um, lose and be loved i find that question to be like very like irritating that it's even asked because no matter what you're gonna have both love and hate right like mm -hmm. even if you win and are loved you're gonna have people online who hate you and yeah. like we'll say like it, i could i swear i could like go out and save 20 caps <laughs> from a tree burning right now and then donate $30,000 to an orphanage and they would still say that I should Show get off. cancer and die. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So like there's, and there's people out there and I mean, I don't know what's, I don't know what the deal with those types are, but that's, they exist. Right. So, you know, it, it just comes down to, you're going to get hate no matter what. I've been very fortunate in that I was very well liked. Um, and that is, one thing that I just take away anytime that I would see something like that is this, the response was overwhelmingly positive. So like what, what, what grounds do I have to complain? So. Yeah. Uh, so when you were in the house, you talked about your, uh, you have ADHD um, and you you would often like, you know, sit on the hammock and rock back and yeah. forth. Yes. Uh, how did that affect your time in the house? Well, that was particularly difficult. I think that was what made it, for me, very, very challenging, right? Was that I have this ADHD. I can't really sit still. I fidget a lot. And I also have obsessive compulsive disorder where everything has to be just so with me. Like things have to be organized in a certain way. Um, things need to be in a certain place. I need to sit in a certain spot on the couch or a certain spot. Like the hammock for me was kind of like that, like that. I need to be seated there. Like if I want to sit there and someone else is sitting there, that's a big problem, right? So I have these sorts of, of issues and I felt that it was, it made it really hard because it can, like the fidgeting can make people uncomfortable. It's like, why does this guy fidget so much, right? Um, the OCD can bring up problems with, you know, just other people, if things aren't just so, if they are in a certain way, then it causes an issue for me. And then it causes an issue because I have to bring it up or something like that. So I find it to be very, uh, you know, I find it to be very challenging for me. And especially in that environment where, um, you know, you're, you're sequestered before you go in. So, I mean, that 10 days or nine days that it was, I mean, I was like bouncing off the walls of this hotel room. So that for me, finally being in like a space that was not as confined was, uh, that was a relief, but it's still very confined. Right. So that was very, very difficult. Is it something you've, you've dealt with your whole life? Yes. Um, 
I would say that like the like the hammock, the rocking back and forth thing. Um, you know, when I was you know, when I was like 10 years old or younger, like, you know, you have a swing set, you know, most kids, they go on the swing, they're on it for like, what, 20 minutes, half an hour, they get bored. And that's the end of it. Now, like for me, because I need to be moving all the time, that was like very therapeutic. So I'm talking like, I would be like eight years old, nine years old, I'd get up at like 8am. And then I would be done at like 2pm or so I would listen to music on like one of those Walkman things and sit there literally for six hours at a time just doing that because I had to move so much. Um, and that to me was, you know, I, I, I'm never taking any sort of medication ever for it because remember when like the whole Adderall thing, like there was like discussion, do we want to do this? But then it was like, you know, you hear about the side effects and everything. So we never really got into that. And, you know, I just don't want to do it because I think about it like I'm I'm at this point in my life. Like I don't think it's really necessary because I mean here I am and I'm doing just fine. So why even like what difference is that really gonna make for me? So I find that it you know it's something I've gone through my entire life. Um it's difficult because, you know, like I said, fidget and move around a lot. People think, you know, what what's going on here is what's wrong with this guy. You know, every once in a while I'll just like have like a complete like twitch. Um, so, you know, those sorts of things happen, but I, I don't really see it as like a huge deal anymore because I'm, I mean, like I'm just a normal person like anyone else. Like it's not really a disorder. It doesn't really, I mean, what negative effect is there aside from moving around a lot and, and having to have things a certain way? It's not really that big of a deal. What's, what's the experience of feeling like what happens if you don't move? Is it, is it something that so, you can't control? Or? I always say like here like if i sit still i will now like right now i feel like there's like a wooden block inside that's just like rattling around and my inclination is that i want to move with it rather than like like it rattling around inside me right so that's what it feels like basically all the time for me okay and has that ever affected you in a really negative way like yeah um it has. I would say, um, like, when I was um, in college, uh, you know, I think that the constant fidgeting was, like, uh, when I started, had to live with, you know, other people, it was, like, something that I would be mocked for a lot. When I was in school, um, like, middle school, I was made fun of for it. Um, in high school, it became lesser of the case, but I was made fun of it made fun of for it elementary school made fun of for the fishing all the time um i remember one thing i was like you know i was really i was in like these like gifted classes and it was oftentimes like you know i would be constantly moving around you know and it was often got to the point where it's like you're just a huge distraction for like everyone around you and it's almost to the point where even though like you're one of the smartest kids in the class it's you know, should you really be in here? Because like, it just distracts literally everyone that you're in your seat and you're like going like this and shaking and, you know, moving around constantly. So it has been something that's been difficult for sure. It was, you know, I've been mocked for it a lot and, um, I was made fun of for it for a long time. And, um, 
you know, it's just something that I've become, uh, you know, it's, I'm just numb to it now. It doesn't really, doesn't really bother me. Do you, do you still occasionally feel self-conscious about it? Yeah. Like, especially when meeting new people? Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, uh, try to hide it, but it's very difficult to do. Like, I, I feel like I have to be moving something like one thing I'll do is like, I'll like try to like just tap my toe inside my shoe if I'm trying really hard to sit still. Um, but I have a very difficult time doing that. Like I always want to like fidget in some way. Mm -hmm. And like people say, Oh, the fidget spinner, you know, and it's like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's great, but then you're, you can't do anything else. Right. So like, kids like oh it's therapeutic well i mean yeah if you just have like time to just sit and do it but if you're like trying to get work done it's not because it distracts you completely and so is is there also something that like i mean adhd i think usually i think the the idea that people have of adhd is that you you have trouble paying attention to things is that something that you also struggle with yes i in elementary school, especially, one of the big complaints from teachers that was often had was that I could not uh, like focus attention during class and that I would very often be caught like daydreaming. Like they'd you know, call me like, you know, I'd be mid thought about something else. I'd be like, Ian, why don't you pick up where we left off? And I'd be like, uh, sorry, I, uh, I wasn't paying attention. It's like, OK, well, you need to pay attention. Like, let's get on the ball here. That was very frequent. Right. So I've had that issue um, a lot and it happens where I'll just completely space out and, you know, someone will be talking. I'm like, I'm sorry, I like missed literally all that. I, I just was off somewhere else. That happens very frequently. Is there a way you try to manage that? I think it's just gotten better with age. Um, I think that like it was much more of an issue when I was way younger. Um, but I just at this point, I just try to focus on what people are saying and just really make sure I'm listening. Did, did you feel like that was going to be an issue in Big Brother when you went in there? Yeah, and um, I think to an extent, it, it very easily could have been. Um, I think like one like part where it was like very, like it could have been a big problem is there was the one head of household competition that I could not play in where it was the, like who said it in their speech during the double eviction, right? Like who said this in their speech? As I was sitting there, a lot of those, I had no idea simply because I was out in space when those <laughs> yeah. were going on. And the last thing I was probably thinking like, oh, I wonder where I'll have for dinner tonight as someone's like up there, you know, pleading for their life. I was, <laughs> I was just not even listening to it at all. And that was something like, I think like for me that could be, you know, one of the things that could be challenging is although I have a really great memory, as long as I like see it and hear it, I think like, like if I had to play like what the bleep as they do on the modern seasons, I'd be pretty much screwed because chances are, unless I was like directly involved with what was going on, I was off in my own world and not even paying attention. Yeah. All right. So I, I actually, I went back and looked at your bio yes. for uh, pre Big Brother 14. And something that you said was like, basically, regardless of what happens on the season, I want to go back to my normal life uh, and just like live like I would have otherwise. Do you feel like that's something that you have stuck with? Yes, I actually do. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't move to L.A., you know, I didn't yeah. try to <laughs> I didn't try to, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, milk the Big Brother thing and, you know. You know, start working at, you know, 
saddle ranch, you know, out in LA and, you know, go, go try to do, you know, the, the crazy post show stuff. Um, I mean, I went right back to school in January immediately. And I mean, big brother is still, uh, you know, a part of my life, but you know, it's, I mean, like I said, I, I get up, you know, I go to work every day and, you know, I, you know, I have the same problems that other people might have, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not like I'm out there trying to, you know, make a, you know, make an acting career out of this. Right. So you're, you're teaching, right? Yeah, I, I teach, uh, I teach physics and AP physics. So it's pretty normal, you know, lifestyle. I mean, it's just clearly regular thing that someone would do. Is that, is that what you are like planning on continuing to do or do you have other aspirations? So, so, uh, I'm going to continue doing it uh, a little while longer, but I am probably going to be going to grad school pretty soon. Uh, for, I'm looking at like supply chain management. I've heard that was a really good field and I really like like logistics and making sure things are just so and where they need to be at any one time. So I think that's a good field for me. I've heard that it's a good Build it from engineering to go into that, like you have that background. So um, probably going to be going to graduate school. Um, teaching is fine. I mean, it's, you know, it has its ups and downs. There are moments where it's great. And then there's moments where I'm like, really, I want to quit. Like, why am I wasting my time doing this? You know, this is not, you know, what am I, who am I helping here? Right. And, um, you know, it's fine for now, um, but I, I don't want to do it for my whole life. You want to eventually get to uh, that point where they were telling you <laughs> the Big Brother money wouldn't matter? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you would go back? Like, do you ever miss the whole Big Brother experience? So I would say here's here's kind of like my like take on this one is that I don't I don't want to do it again. Right? I don't, I don't really want to do it again. But I know full well, right, that, you know, I feel like if the offer comes, it's kind of like you sort of just kind of I feel like I kind of have to do it. Right. Like, it's just sort of like, you know, because there would always be like that sort of like nagging, uh, you know, why don't you do it again? Like, you, you, you know, the opportunity to play it twice, you know, playing it once is something. But, you know, if you play twice, like you know, it's basically your all star status. Right. And I mean, it really does depend on, you know, where I happen to be, you know, at that point in my life. But like I said, I mean, if I get to do it again, fine. I, I but I'm not I don't like I don't sit there and I'm like, oh, I, I really want to do this again. Or put me back in. I oh, if, if I were in there, I'd be doing this with the halting acts. Like it's not like that. It's just kind of like, you know, Big Brother, it's entertainment only, right? Like I like just watching it, but I really don't like. I don't want to put myself through it again, right? I enjoyed it the one time, but looking back, that it was so incredibly stressful that I really don't want to have to put myself through it again. Like, I think like um, there was like a complaint during like Big Brother 13 that like Jordan was only there for Jeff. And like a lot of people are like, she doesn't even, she doesn't even want to be there. Like, you know, what's this all about? But I feel like, I mean, I probably, I'd want to be there more than, in that situation, but at the same time, I I definitely be like, like just if I if I if I'm gonna go, 
just just before jury, please. Like I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to sit there, you know, for seven weeks, guys. Like, you know, and I would yeah. say the good thing if I were to play again is that um, I think last time I played, it was very important that I made it to the jury stage because monetarily, I mean, I was so poor that mm. like making jury was a huge financial difference for me than not making it just as of where I was at that point in my life. Right. So like there were certain things that I, you know, certain plays that I made that, you know, they were, you know, considerations, right. Where like, I think the great example of this is like the week where boogie goes, right. Is, you know, the, the idea if that's one week later and that's like the first juror, you know, that walks out the door there, I probably would have been pretty comfortable just going on the block. So I wouldn't have to vote. Right. And I think like for, for my long-term goal of winning the game, that would have been probably like a really strong play. And if it didn't work out, you know, I would go to jury and Hey, it would suck, but Hey, I made my goal. Right. But simply because that was the last person before jury, there was no way that I would even entertain that thought, right? So certain things like that would not be a factor um, if I were to do it again to the point where, I mean, I, I wouldn't say 16th or 17th place is the same to me as second or third place. Like, um, I don't care if you know if this doesn't work out i'm gone but if it works it propels me further by a lot like the play that wins the most would be what i would do i would not be playing checkpoint play like in big brother 14 do you feel like uh like you have something to prove um it's just if i'm there i want it to be worth my while um because i mean i'd be i would be leaving my job i'd be leaving you know if i were doing grad school i'd be taking time off for that and it's just, you know, I want it to be worth my time. I mean, if, if it's 90, what, 90 some days long now, I mean, that, that to me is, I mean, first, you know, that, that's, that's an incredibly long time to give up. Like, that's very, very long. When I was in college, 75 days, hey, you know, it's summer vacation for most of it. It doesn't really, whatever. You know, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, man, 30s coming up. You know, I don't want to be sitting in a house for three months and mm. then come in third place, you know, because, you know, oh, I, I just want a checkpoint. I got to get to this checkpoint. And then I end up in a situation that's not favorable. to me. You know, I just, I, if I'm playing, I, I want to do it to win money I, at this point. Like last time I was like, Oh, experience. No, if I'm there next time, it's like the, the bottom line is the prize. That's it. I, you know, I don't care about, oh, I want the experience of jewelry and I want to, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it, that's all I'd care about. What's your experience been with like alumni? I mean, you talked about how you uh, tried to, to date some, some women from reality shows, but just in general, uh, you know, it, cause you know, you hear about like the big brother family, there's a lot right. of events. People, yeah. they, there's often a lot of like a uh, very complicated drama that goes on. Uh, have you been uh, a, a part of that? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't think I'm much uh, to the drama, right? I feel right. like that's not something that I tend to get myself associated with. Um, but, I mean, 
you know, I'm, I, I enjoy it. And I get, I get involved to an extent. Like I said, I'm trying to kind of like pull back on that sort of thing a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not going to reality rally and, you know, the Orlando event um, every single time. You know, that's, I mean, they're great events and I, you know, I liked it and I enjoyed it, but it's, just, you know, I'm, again, I'm trying to kind of, kind of get away from that in a way. Just the, the whole uh, big brother you know, experience, you know, I'm trying to pull back and um, I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter and, you know, I talk with these folks, um, but I don't, uh, at this point, I really don't feel like compelled to, you know, go to the, every, every Big Brother related event that exists. Um, you know, I will say, I mean, I've made really good, uh, long lasting friendships through Big Brother, um, people that were on other seasons or like Canadian seasons, things like that. Um, and that's awesome. And that's, you know, I enjoy talking to those people, but on like a basis of like, hey, this is what life is right now. And not on a basis of, oh, wow, did you, did you catch, you know, last night's quadruple eviction night you know like you know it's that that doesn't really you know i that's not really you know what i'm really interested in at this point i would say that the people that i'm like very like very very close with through the reality community are people that i i mean i don't talk about uh big brother or survivor with at all i mean i'm very i'm very good friends with like max uh dawson from survivor and uh, Jeff Weldon actually lives here in Houston and I, I probably hang out with him about like once, uh, once every couple of weeks, you know, I'll meet him and his girlfriend for like drinks or something like that. And I mean, we don't, we don't talk about big brother much at all. Like it might come up like for two minutes and be like, Oh yeah, all right, that's cool. But like, I, I like focusing on the knowing the people rather than knowing the character. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, the point of the Terran show right there right exactly <laughs> if you if you looked like if you were if you look back at who you were as a kid like watching big brother as an introverted kid that wanted to be extroverted and you look at yourself like do you, do you feel like you'd be the same person or at least on a similar trajectory if you'd never gone on big brother or you know i mean that's just the the crazy thing for me is that uh you know, I mean, even when I was a kid, like I said, I want to do this show and I, I want to do it. And I would daydream about it, you know, all the time. You know, I'd be like, you know, sitting there listening to music for five hours, you know, kind of moving around, you know, in like one of those office chairs that would spin or something like that. And I'd be thinking like, man, if I were on, you know, Big Brother 5 this year, I'd be doing this, you know, or whatever. And uh, I would, you know, I would always daydream about the situation and being in there and something that I thought about, like, very, very often. Right. Um, so to actually get to do it was, you know, it was really fun and a really cool experience. And I think that, I mean, even when I was like, you know, like I'm talking fall 2011, right after Big Brother 13, you know, I hear Rachel won this won the season, you know, I remember sitting there and, and thinking like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I wonder if I'll, you know, ever get to do that, you know? And, you know, little did I know, you know, I looked up the clip on, on YouTube to see, you know, she gets the votes and walks out of the house and confetti's everywhere. Uh, it's still very odd to me that at that moment, little did I know that I'd be the next one taking that walk. And that is really, that's what's mind blowing about it to me. It was, that was really only, you know, the time of that, that's, you know, 
11 months away. And yeah. that's where it really just like the, the twist of life, you know, that you don't really expect that. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, to, to say to a younger version of me, it's like, yeah, hey, you were on there and you won. And that to me is uh, really crazy. Just to, to know that, you know, I'm one of 18 people to have, to have won the game. Do you ever like look back and and think like you you talked about how you were made fun of for the the, the fidgeting and all that yeah. like to to see yourself now as somebody who has a lot more confidence and who you know you won this social game Big Brother and you know you you have this like uh, you're living successfully you you bought your own house like do, do you feel like uh, like yes screw you people that made fun of me or like uh, yeah yeah good good for me that I'm I'm where I am. Uh, to an extent, yeah, a, a little bit for sure. Um, I think for me, like there is like kind of one thing that I always found really funny was, uh, you know, I, I got on Facebook, right? After, um, you know, after I, you know, got back to the hotel and I had, you know, computer access, my brother had his computer and I wanted to get on and see all, all that stuff, Right. And I think that one thing that was pretty funny, I mean, when I was in high school, I would say that I was certainly like, I was, I was well liked, right? Like I was like, you know, you had president, vice president, and then third was like member at large or something. And you voted on it as like a class, like, you know, class election. Like I was, I was member at large, you know, I was like, I ran for that and I was voted in. Like I was liked by my peers to that extent, but I was never like the cool kid, you know, that was like, you know, out and having a good time and partying. I was like socially in that way, excluded. Right. Um, and I remember seeing on Facebook, the one thing that was really funny was, you know, I had a bunch of people like saying, Oh yeah, you know, Shayla high school, our own Ian Terry winning it all on big brother. This is great. This is crazy. Class of 09. Yeah, go. And then one person commented like, you know, I'm really getting tired of like seeing all this like Ian Terry stuff from the people I went to high school with. It's like you weren't friends with him then. So why do you deserve his friendship now? And I always thought that it was like it was from someone who I didn't expect like that pointed of a comment from. But I always really appreciated that. Like, I thought that was like a really interesting thing because he was absolutely right. And that was like I saw that like, you know, five hours after winning or something of that nature and being like, this is kind of. Like what I'm, you know, a, sort of like a prologue to, to what's happening and what's about to happen. Yeah. Well, you talked about that. Like you said, you you sort of learned who your real friends were in some ways. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, I felt like um, it was very when I was at Tulane, it was very obvious who I still could talk to and have like real conversations with just like it was before. Right. And it was the folks that I was friends with before where they were growing tired of me or um, like the tone of the conversation was totally different and almost seemingly like kind of like they were sort of like saying, like, okay, you're letting this go to your head a little bit. Like that was a situation where like the, the people that were like that, I ended up not being friends with, but the people that understood what I was going through and where I was coming from and why it was like that were the people that I ended up being friends with, or, I mean, I'm still friends with now from college. Um, and 
find out who your real friends were. It's just the people that were there before and it talked and the discussions are literally no different than as they were before. And that was what I, I mean by like finding out who my real friends are. What, what was the most challenging part? Uh, like at post, post show, post everything, even if it's not Big Brother related, what was like just the most challenging thing that you went through dealing with, with everything that you were dealing with? I would say one of the more challenging things for me was, you know, a lot of the fans are of, of Big Brother and, and Survivor are, you know, I don't want to say crazy, but you, <laughs> you know what I, I, I yeah. mean. And oftentimes, it, for a while, like right, not like after the program, it, it got to be very, like very uh, overbearing in some mm-hmm. instances. And there were some, and that's the thing is, there's fans who, you know, I'm now friends with. And that's, you know, they're great people, you know, and I mean, many of them are involved in, in the uh, RHAP community, you know, but what I would say is um, like, there were a lot of fans where it just, that it did not feel like that was the case. And it felt like it was just too much. And I was just weirded out by it. And I think that that was one of those things was I was definitely weirded out by a lot of the fan attention that I was getting. Um, because it felt just very, just creepy in a way. Creepy how? You know, like, it would, like, find my address and, like, mail, you know, stuffed animals and stuff like that. (laughs) Just, like, weird things. Just, like, or just, like, I remember being at a bar and, like, you know, like, certain fans, like, would not give me any space, something like that. And just... Just sort of like those sorts of, and it happened, uh, you know, a fair amount right after the show. And it was just a, for me as someone who, you know, it was too much. And I felt like, you know, for a while, it was just a little bit, uh, a little bit overbearing. Yeah. How, how do you deal with, with that when somebody's like, when they're not leaving you alone or you uh, get like just, a stuffed animal in the mail? You no, know, like, it's just you block. And yeah. Yeah, move on and just hope to never hear about it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just block. That's the thing. The the magic the magic block button is it just works wonders. You know, I don't have to take I don't have to take shit from anybody on Twitter. <laughs> if you don't like what they're saying, you just block them and it's gone and you never have to worry about it. Now I'm never gonna, you know, appease everybody, right? Um, so why why even bother? You know, I don't Anything I say isn't going to change how anyone feels about me, right? Mm-hmm. So that, to me, it's just, you just block. And if it's, if it's like too much negative or too much positive, I just will, or, and I feel creeped out, block and move on. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking <laughs> yeah. to me, Ian. Yeah, uh, no, no problem. Um, if, if people are fans of yours, uh, we'll give out your address now and they can send you some stuffed animals. That's- Wonderful. Great. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so no, no, this is, this is really great. I really enjoyed uh, getting yeah. to talk to you. I've, I've been so curious about all of these things regarding, I think not, not only winning, but like, like I said, like we're kind of a similar age and like how, sure. how like how it impacts you to get out of the house as, as a winner, as somebody who's now got all this attention, like, um, you know, like being an introvert, but wanting to be an extrovert, I feel like, you know, I, I, it, it was uh, illuminating uh, conversation. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I felt like I, you know, got to you know, speak, you know, you know, my piece and I really enjoyed it.
And I really right. enjoyed that it wasn't, you know, just what did you think about the veto competition uh, <laughs> being front? Like, I really enjoyed you know, actually being able to talk. Yeah, it was really great. Awesome. Uh, well, you can find Ian on Twitter. You're at Tulane Terry, right? Yep. That's All right. Sure. Uh, and you can find me at Armstrong Taren. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can search for The Taren Show on iTunes. That's T-A-R-A-N. You can also find it on RobHasAWebsite.com. The response has been amazing. As I mentioned, we made it uh, on the iTunes charts. That was just incredible. I did not expect that at all. Uh, so thank you, everyone who who rated the podcast and reviewed it on iTunes. It really, really helped out. Uh, and uh, if you continue to do so, I will be forever grateful. I will be back next week with yet another guest. So keep on the lookout for that. We will eventually get to uh, our second part with Brent Walgamon. I know everybody's looking forward to uh, more Brent. Always more Brent. Uh, don't worry. We've got plenty to cover for that. Um, so thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will see you next time.